Welcome into the Juice Baseball Show State of the Division. Today we're talking about the National League Central. I'm your host, Clay, with co-host Ethan. Ethan, how are you doing today? Good, man. Good to be back on the show after off last week. Uh, Going to be talking about the NL Central again. There's a lot of hot topics to get to. We obviously have one of the our, the worst team in baseball in this division yeah. and a whole lot of other good stuff going on as well. So uh, excited to be back with you, man. Yeah, and just some housekeeping before we get started. Right now, the Cardinals are playing in a game as we record, record Thursday night. Cardinals up three to nothing to the Giants. And um, a big day for the Brewers. The Brewers won today 10 to five against the Red. Three hit day for Yelich, home run. Um, also two home runs from Willie Adamas. And uh, that lead us, lead, leads us right into the standings. And I'm wearing the hat today, even though I'm a Reds fan. I got the Milwaukee Brewers hat on because they've just completely owned my team like everyone else in, in baseball. Uh, we're going to run through the standings real quickly. First place, Brewers at 18 and 8. Cardinals, 14 and 10. Pirates, 10 and 14. Cubs, 9 and 15. Reds, 3 and 22. The Brewers, first place, Ethan. What do you think about the Brewers? Because right now, it's a lineup, and I'm going to have an article about this coming out about their offense and how it could be a struggle. But right now, it's a lineup that's not exactly scary, but they're putting up runs this past week playing the Cubs and the Reds. What What's your takeaway from the Brewers? Well, you got to take it with a grain of salt because just like you said, you know, they're facing the Cubs and the Reds, right? So obviously we know what the Reds are, but we don't really know what the Cubs are except that their pitching isn't any good. Uh, I think you mentioned before the show, Clay, they have like one starter with an ERA under five. So clearly these are teams that don't have a lot of good starting pitching. I'm really not sure still how the Brewers are so good. I think they faced a pretty light schedule to start the year. Their schedule is going to start to get tougher, and we'll see how they match up against teams like the Dodgers, the Giants, the Mets, you know, even a team like the Phillies who has a lot of offensive firepower. Like, I just don't see this team being this consistently good on offense. Obviously, they're, you can't expect them to put up 34 runs in every three-game series, especially when they're not playing the Reds in every three-game series. But, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't want to write it off completely as just it was the Reds because Yelich obviously had a really good series. Rowdy Telez is hitting the cover off the ball. He's already got seven home runs, you know, and he had two doubles today. Yelich had a huge day and William Thomas. I mean, if you want to talk about who's the hottest player in the National League Central right now, excluding Nolan Arenado, who's been hot to start the season this last week or so, all I keep seeing when I'm tweeting highlights is William Thomas, William Thomas, William Thomas. So I'm curious what you think, Clay, because I'm not sold on the Brewers as this big contender. I mean, I know that they have the ability to win the National League Central behind their pitching. But they still got to get more from Woodruff and Peralta. I, I haven't seen enough yep. to say that these three guys are the three guys they were last year. Obviously, Burns has been really fantastic, but Woodruff has struggled at times and Peralta has really struggled, especially in the first inning. So, you know, I'm curious what you think about where they stack up right now. Luckily for Milwaukee, you're right. Peralta and, and um, Woodruff are struggling right now. Luckily for them, Eric Lauer's picking up some slack. You know, they have other options that are still good options, and they're deep in their rotation, um, and that bullpen shortens games. I feel like we've said it every week. 
And one little bit of note before we move on from the Brewers, they just got Luis Urias back, which is big news. He can play second, third. He can kind of play all over. Utility guy um, gives them some options. Hit a home run today. Um, a, a really nice player. I wouldn't say he's a great or game changer or anything, but it's better than having a Jace Peterson or something playing every day. Do you but, think the offense is for real? No. Or are we going to have to read the article to find out? Uh, you may have to read the article, but I look like a clown now after seeing all the <laughs> runs being put up. But um, one team that kind of struggled a couple times this week putting up runs is the Cardinals. Cardinals at 14 and 10 had a cake schedule but they only split with the Diamondbacks and got shut out in one of those games, took two or three from the Royals. And like I said, in, in game right now with the Giants, Nolan Arenado continues to rake 361, 427, 698 with seven home runs on the year. Yeah, I mean, talk to me about St. Louis. I mean, besides the guy that's hitting right behind me right now, Manny Machado, you can argue that those are the two best hitters in the game right now that the way they've been performing, you know, those are two of the guys that have had the best years across baseball. You know, you throw in Mike Trout in that conversation as well. But Arenado has been fantastic. We were talking the other day, Clay. This offense can't stay down for this long. They have too many players that are just good baseball players you know what I'm saying like Dylan Carlson is a guy who he's not great at any one thing but he's really good at everything right he's just one of those typical Cardinals and last time I checked he had under 50 weighted runs created plus that's not gonna last you know we know that he's a solid hitter he had a great year last year we know that he's gonna be an above 100 weighted runs created plus likely hitter when all of these things balance out. So that's a guy that's going to get going. Paul Goldschmidt already has gotten going, which is huge for huge for them. He struggled out of the gates, but now he's back and hasn't really found the power stroke just yet, but he's hitting like we know Paul Goldschmidt is capable of. And obviously he'll start finding the power as well. Tyler O'Neill is another guy that's kind of struggling right now. And he's a guy I'm really high on. I took him in, in I reached for him in a fantasy league because of the year he had last year. I truly think he's one of the best left fielders in baseball. He just hasn't gotten it going yet out of the gates. And eventually he's going to the, the, the thing with the Cardinals is they're struggling right now and it looks bad, but they just have too many good players that are just too good to stay down the entire year. And so I think that eventually this offense is going to get going and clay. Let me talk to you. Let me ask you about the pitching rotation. Yeah. It hasn't been as bad as maybe we thought it would be. I don't think any of us would thought it would be bad necessarily, but it wouldn't make a huge impact, but they've been doing a pretty good job so far. Yeah. I mean, right now, Steven Matz, Miles Michaelis, uh, Daniel Hudson, Adam Wainwright, they all had good starts this past week and they're piecing it together pretty well. I'm still weary of long-term success and lasting the entire year. They're going to get Jack Flannery back at some point. Um, I still see them as somebody who could add a starter. A little bit concerned about that, but their bullpen has been pretty good. Ryan Helsley has been awesome. Uh, 8.1 innings, 16 strikeouts, no earned runs. Um, Been a big part of that bullpen. But again, like, I just don't know, right? They, they've called up two young guys and Brendan Donovan and Juan Yepes. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're already trying to put some youth into the lineup. But right now I have questions at shortstop there. I have questions in rotation and I have questions 
on the slumping players. I think they'll be okay, but I'm in wait and see mode right now with the Cardinals. One guy that I don't think anybody has any questions about with the Cardinals is Tommy Edmond. I just want to read yeah. the slash line that you put off up in here. 308, 419, 474. Obviously, he was a Gold Glove winner last year. Uh, this guy is a pretty tremendous player. And again, he's just another one of those Cardinals, right? He does the little things, plays great defense. I mean, they had what five, it was five gold glove winners last year, right? Like they are <laughs> maybe baseball. the best defense and they are definitely the best defense in baseball. Edmund is a huge part of that. Harrison Bader's gotten going again. There's just a lot of good players on this team. And there's a reason that I picked them to win the division before the year clay. I just think they're just too good. Right now, they're kind of going through the motions. The offense hasn't really gotten going. If this offense gets going like we saw like the first couple weeks of the season, you know, when we were first on here, we said, oh, this offense looks really good so far. You know, if that offense starts looking like it did maybe the first week or so of the season, this could be a really dangerous team because they're pitching fairly well. They just got to start getting some run support. I mean, I'm watching a lot of these games and it's 2 nothing, 2-1. You know, it's a lot of low scoring games but they do have Arenado carrying their offense right now. And that's not a bad guy to have leading the offense. Yeah. And we'll move a little bit more quickly through these last three teams. Cause honestly, there's not a lot of highlight uh, going on here, but third place pirates two and five in their last selling or excuse me, in their last seven, a thrilling, thrilling extra innings win the other day against the Padres, Jake Marisnik laying out for two diving catches Um you know, the Pirates haven't been as bad as I thought they no, would be in terms no. of just their record. Um, Brian Brian Reynolds is starting to come along a little bit. Had a good week this week. Started um, to take some walks. A little bit more encouraged there. We know he has the talent. And Dylan Peters, absolutely incredible. 16.2 innings on the year. 1.08 ERA. Uses an opener, a long reliever. Um He's just been awesome. But my one question on the Pirates to you, O'Neill Cruz is in AAA, and everyone says, call him up, call him up. His current slash line is 159, 266, 256 with a 47 WRC+. plus. You cannot insert that. Nope. currently into this lineup. What no, do you, you do got, with O'Neill Cruz? You, you got to get this guy going before you even think about calling him up. You know, you can't just – call him up because that was the consensus before the year was that he would be called up after the super two deadline or whatever it is. You got to get him hot. You don't want him coming in cold to the big leagues and having lacking confidence and then just shitting the bed even worse. You know what I mean? You want him to get hot. You got to get him going before you call him up to the big leagues. But uh, you know, you mentioned Dylan Peters. I mean, I remember him on the Marlins nasty breaking ball, I thought he, I forgot he was even in the league, to be honest with you. And here he is with the Pirates, just a perfect 2022 Pirates story there. But yeah, I think the most important thing for them is that Brian Reynolds is finally being the Brian Reynolds that we know he can be. He really struggled mightily out of the gate. He's striking out a lot more than we're accustomed to. You know, I looked at his numbers the other day and his strikeout rate is up above 25%. If I remember correctly, that's not what you expect from Brian Reynolds. But, I mean, look, 10 and 14 is a lot better for this team than I thought they would be. They're playing some good baseball. They're they're competitive in a lot of games. So I do have to give them credit. The one thing that's a huge concern is that Zach Thompson, the you know big acquisition they brought over from the Marlins to help the starting pitching, 
has been pretty terrible. He's got an ERA. I think you wrote down here up above nine. Yeah, nine point three five ERA. Nine three five. So, and that pretty know, much goes across the board with their starters. Yeah. Their starters ERA besides Jose Quintana is pretty high. But yeah, Mitch Keller hasn't been good. So this team, look, they're playing better than they thought. We thought we might have thought, but they are the Pirates, and and one team that is probably playing a little bit worse than we thought they would. Right, Clay is the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, it's impossible I, my, to know what this team is, what we should have expected from them, but what have you seen? I haven't liked the roster construction there. I did not like the team coming in at all. Um, there's just so much unknown and so many weird fits, and now their their top prize in Seo Suzuki has gone one for 23 in the past week, Hayward two for 14, Schwindel one for 16. Let me read to you the team slash line over the past seven days. 152, 235, 239. You cannot put out a roster performing like that and expect to do anything besides lose. And that's all that they've done. They got swept by their crosstown rivals in the White Sox. I mean, where do you go from here? Is this the team that ends up, trading off whatever pieces they do have you just hope and pray Patrick Wisdom continues to hit a couple home runs and you might be able to move him because he's not really a long-term fit he's what 30 years old and was a rookie last year like trade him if what you know if he gets hot and the bullpen's actually been pretty good and Drew Smiley has the lowest ERA on the team which tells you all you need to know about their starting ERA they're not getting it done and Clay you asked a great question on these notes that you made for this podcast here is this what the Cubs really are? Yeah, it is. It's what the Cubs have been since probably 2019, the year that they missed the playoffs when they traded for Castellanos. They're just a meddling ball club. They don't have a very well-constructed roster. The bullpen is performing, but a bunch of strewn-together pieces. The rotation is pieced together with a bunch of glue and scotch tape. And the lineup is... What is the lineup? It's a bunch of journeyman rookies. You know, it's two journeyman rookies, Rafael Ortega, say Suzuki, who looks to be great, but again, is going through the first slump of his career right now. And then guys like Jason Hayward, who's overstayed his welcome, Ian Happ, who's inconsistent. And I mean, the most solid piece is Wilson Contreras. But yeah, he's probably gone at the deadline if I had to, you know, if if things if they're in fourth place at the deadline, Wilson Contreras is not going to be a Chicago Cub. And then it'll be Jason Hayward and Kyle Hendricks, and that'll be all that's left over from the 2016 team. The way that this fell apart so quickly, I'll talk about it pretty much every episode as long as they're not playing that good ball. If they start playing good ball, okay, you know, we we can forget about this roster construction. But until then, I'll just keep harping on the fact that it fell apart so quickly, my head is still spinning from, yeah. from everything that happened with the Cubs. Yeah, and then to... In the show here, we're going to talk about the Reds. And as the Reds fan, I just want to get a few thoughts out there. No need to just come in here every single week and just loudly complain. Um, Kind of some takeaways from this week. Right now, this is not an MLB roster at all, um, mostly because of injuries. But, you know, when you have Ronnie Dawson and, and Albert Almora Jr. and you know, these guys, no one's ever heard of Matt Reynolds starting day in and day out. You're not expected to win many games. They have one win since April 12th, swept by the Rockies and Brewers last week. Of their top five players in war, 
three or bullpen guys, including a Jeff Hoffman in there. And one is Connor Overton, who's an old rookie who got called up to start one game, start one game. And he's top five in war, leading the way, Tommy Pham. Um, but the main thing that we should talk about, we just have about a minute here, is Hunter Green. Yeah. Vila was down. Concerned. Today wasn't locating. Looked bad. Gave up eight runs today. What What is the deal with Hunter Green? Is he Was he just not ready? Was he just called up too early because the Reds are just thinking we're punting on this year anyway, so we might as well let this kid work out the kinks up here and at least get something exciting? But what can that do for a guy? It could either work and he can work out the kinks and he can you know, turn into the superstar we all think he'll be, or it could really harm a guy's confidence and be detrimental to his career. I'm hoping it's not the latter, um, but... You know, you have to be concerned about what you saw today for sure. It was just batting practice up there. I mean, the the Brewers teed off on him. They scored, what, eight runs in three innings off the guy? And everything was loud contact. It was homers. It was doubles. You know, I mean, I, I can't find the highlight right now. I'd have to dig back a little bit. But those five runs that they scored in the second and third inning, it was like a Yelich double, a home run by Urias, a home run by Tyrone Taylor, like an, another double by uh, like Telez had a double in there. I can't remember who else had a double in there, but it, it was very concerning for me, Clay. And it's just like, you know, you, you tweeted out like 0.4 inches of horizontal yeah. movement on his fastball. You can throw as hard as you want to, but if it's coming in straight, any major league player is going to be able to t- hit a hundred if it's coming straight at them. So yeah. I think and about that huge stat- concern. I was a little off on that set. That's um, compared to the average, which I did not understand. Luckily, Colby and I had some some schooling to do afterwards. But um, Savant's fun, man, but it's a lot of numbers. But um, as we wrap up today, I just wanted to mention there's a lot of great articles coming out right now on just baseball. Um, Sam, Sam Lucchini just put one out about the New York Yankees. Javi just put one out about Mike Clevenger. I know Ryan Fieglstein just put one out about – Tyler McGill, um, many, many more coming. And we have a fun Kentucky Derby themed article coming out as well for people who celebrate the first Saturday in May. But before we get you out here, I just want to go over the upcoming opponents for each team over the next week. The Reds have the Pirates and Brewers again. Cubs have the Dodgers and Padres. Tough week for the Cubs. Pirates, Reds, and Dodgers. Cardinals, Giants, and Baltimore. And then the Brewers have the Braves and the Reds. I wa- I'm watching that Brewers series this weekend, and I'm seeing how do they hit against the Braves. Yep. That's going to yep. be key. And, Clay, I just want to leave our listeners with one stat about the Reds that I didn't get to while we were talking about them. This is a historically bad baseball club. We're going to be keeping an eye on it all year, how much history they can make with how bad they are. This is the second worst 25 game start in MLB history. They are three and 22, which is even crazier than it sounds. The only other team to be three and 22 was the O three Tigers who are historically bad. I think they lost upwards of 105 games or something like that. Yeah, uh, and that. I, I think more than that, it might've even been into the one I think it was one 114 or something crazy. And then the only start worse than that is the 1988 Orioles who went two and 23 in their first 25 games. They were actually zero and 21 
to start and then won two of four. It was the best they played all season. They played 500 ball in a four game stretch. And that is the worst start in 25 in worst 25 game start in history. So these reds are historically bad. It's something I I hate to do it to you, Clay, but it's going to be something that we're going to keep an eye on all year because it's, it's hard not to, Um, but Um, that is what we're dealing with here. Thank you for that stat. I really appreciate you, but that's going to do it for us today. Uh, Make sure to check out Saturday's episode of state of the division. I believe um, that is the NL West with um, Derek and Dusty who will be doing that, but that's it for the state of the division of the NL central. And we are out.